0: Hey, gals. Welcome back to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm Brenna, the podcast producer, and we're so glad you've joined us here today. We're talking all about mission and how to use what you've got for the good of others and the glory of God. We pray this episode encourages and equips you to keep going.
1: Okay, girls, we are here today with Carlos Whitaker A girl on mission. Just kidding. A
2: girl on mission. (laughs) Let's go. Honored. Honored.
1: No, seriously. We are here with Carlos Whitaker today, and we are just so thrilled to have him sit with us and have conversations about mission, about his life. He is the only other man, aside from Jess's husband, Nick, who we've had on the podcast, right? It's true. It's true. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Carlos... Tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you live such a big life, honestly. I was only introduced to you maybe a couple of years ago, so I only know you th- that part of your life. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today.
2: Well, yeah. It's a great question. Maybe as I explain it, I'll figure it out for myself. <laughs> First of all, Nick is like hero status to me. So the fact that like I he's the only other man that's been on here there doesn't ever need to be another man besides him on here. He is the real <laughs> deal. You know, I am, how did I get here? You know, I guess here, let me define where here is right now. Here is doing a completely different job than I thought I would be doing a uh, year ago. Here is speaking to society and culture, more so speaking to a non church or unchurched audience than, listen, this is not what the the career path had I'd laid out for myself, but it does go back to when, you know, I was a worship pastor at a church in Riverside, California, and it was called Sandals Church. And I was there for a decade, met my wife right before I moved down to, so right before then. And then we, you know, we had all our kids while I was on staff at Sandals. It was a, you know, rapidly growing church in Southern California. We adopted Losaya while I was there and it was all music. Like music was my thing. And then I went from Sandals to North Point Community Church in Atlanta. That was just really different. <laughs> and I went, you know, to this mega church with, you know, tens of thousands of people in the South and brought my multicultural family with me to Atlanta. And we kind of dove in there headfirst. I, I actually loved it. I I loved working for Andy Stanley. I loved the just the wisdom that he poured into me. And part of that wisdom was about three, maybe two and a half years into working there, he told me one day, he goes, Carlos, the reason why you're a good worship leader isn't because you're a good singer. Mm. I was like, thank you, I think. (laughs) He said, the reason why you're a good worship leader is because for some reason, he goes, and I haven't seen this in a lot of people, when you walk on stage, everybody feels like they're your best friend. Mm. And he goes, so whatever that is, like, you need to tap into that and use that. So, you know, I immediately quit and I was like fine I'm not a good worship leader I'll go do my own thing just kidding but I did and then I signed a record deal moved to Nashville tried to do the artist thing tour bus records and was just miserable for a few years of my life I I thought that oh this is it like tour bus you know singing arenas no nah, it wasn't it and I think the whole time while I was miserable is because God had Created me to do what I'm doing now. I just, I was just still on the path, right? I was still on the path there. And so I was enjoying the path, but I wasn't. So I'm miserable, maybe it was only a small piece of of what I felt during certain moments on that journey. But finally, after a few years of doing that and putting out two, you know, mediocre Christian records, I just felt like the Lord told me to stop singing and to start speaking and start writing books. And That was a, I mean, that's a pretty big story in and of itself, but it was, you know, I followed, it was scary and I did. So I began, I became like, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever that tiny little subculture bubble of in Christian dumb is where you speak at the same conferences with all the same people and you end up getting jaded because everybody's just saying the same things and you're in the green rooms and you're suddenly, I'm like, Oh my gosh, church, you know, evangelical America's lost its way. And then I'm, you know, I'm now I'm starting to speak negative about the church because I'm not on staff at a church anymore. I'm just speaking at churches. Now I don't have a church home per se. And so I'm I'm in that and I'm like, man, like, okay, God, like still working it out of me, working it out of me. And then, maybe it was 2017, I wrote a book called Kill the Spider, which that book kind of changed everything for what I wanted to do. I realized in that moment that I was being booked to go to churches to make, honestly, probably make white people feel real good about about their faith. And I realized like, I I don't wanna come to make people feel good. Like I wanna come so that people can experience freedom. And once I started tapping into that, I'm telling you what, it's all I wanna do now. All I want to do wherever I go is to help people find freedom. Now, wow. the those venues are different, right? So I can still go to a church. I still go to churches. I was at a church two weeks ago. But now I find that 80% of what I'm doing is in the corporate space, is in the secular space. And I'm still able to help people find freedom in those spaces. And you know, I'm kind of I kind of see myself as like an undercover spy as or ninja as I'm sneaking into these Nike designer summits and talking about killing their spiders without using scripture but the idea and the premise is still the same and so I'm getting these designers coming to my table afterwards in tears going like my marriage is falling apart my daughter is doing this and and I'm able to just do it and so you know it's been it's been a really crazy ride what I love about how I experience life is I don't feel like I'll be doing the same thing in 5 years as I'm doing now it's I'm just constantly evolving I'm constantly free for wherever the lord has me and I'm speaking a lot into the diversity, equity, inclusion space at a lot of corporations. I'm speaking into a lot of that on my Instagram and it's been really good. I'm, I'm as happy and content in this season of ministry as I've ever been. So there it is it's probably longer than you wanted, but that's, that's it.
3: That was beautiful. I like it. Okay. I have a follow up already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Ending on that. I'm as happy because like also Let's normalize happy. Also, sometimes it's okay to be happy. It's okay to be fulfilled by your good work.
2: That's great. Seriously, we don't have to be miserable all the time. No, I know it's a struggle
3: for all of us. We find this a lot with Christian women that they believe that if they enjoy the gift God's given them, then that must be selfish or prideful. And so we spend a lot of time saying like, oh, you like teaching the Bible? Good. Like, oh, you like writing? That's good. Oh, you like cutting hair? In Jesus' name. That being said... Because I know your followers are deeply loyal, and I have a feeling a lot of them have been there a long time. You talk about being happy. Do you have anyone who's been following you since those like traveling worship leader record deal days? Who say like I've seen this arc and it's good and it's beautiful.
2: Oh, 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 yeah! Those are my favorites, right? The lifers. You know, I had a blog before I signed a record deal called Ragamuffin Soul. And, and this blog, I'm telling you, it was like, it was pre-social media. It was pre-YouTube. And I had, I had 20,000 readers a day that were just like, and those people, you know, are still here. Like they're still here. And they're the ones that I honestly, that I care what they think probably more than I should just because they've seen it. And they'll say things like, Carlos, like. It, it it's just night and day, like night and day compared to like who you were. You know, they used to see me as like a, you know, I would I would say that my goal was to disturb and disrupt the career Christian, you know, and so I was like, oh, like shock jock kind of guy. And you know what, like man, like I mean, that's fine, but that was such a thirty one year old goal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm like I'm like, and no offense to thirty one year olds that are listening to this, like like that's is where I was at thirty one. Like I was like trying to shock people. And that was what I felt like was my, and now I'm like, man, I don't want to, I don't, I don't care if I shock anybody. Like right. I just want them to find freedom. And so people yeah. that have been around a long time or seeing that, and they've seen the freedom happen. And they've been there as my marriage fell apart. And then when my marriage went back together, now they've been through a season where my daughter got sick and then she's healed. And now I was talking about scripture every day, but now suddenly they're like, well, why aren't you talking about scripture as much? And I'm like, well, there's different people paying attention now. And so, you know, so, so, but they've stuck around and they've seen, and I just appreciate hearing what they have to say.
3: Well, I asked because I'm a lifetime Los <laughs> yes. follower. I just <laughs> want you to know, I I did read Ragamuffin Soul in like 2010, 2011. Yes. I did hear you lead worship at a megachurch in oh. in somewhere in that span of years, 2011, 2012. I did start writing like a six page long prayer in the front of my journal after I read about yours in Kill the Spider. I do remember Heather, your wife, every single day. Let me tell you, I mean, in general, I, Kanisha knows I like want to know Heather. I was on spring break in Nashville.
1: We really want her. Like, we're going to have to come back so we can have Heather.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: yeah. We were on spring break in Nashville one day and she posted on her wet farm account. She was like, I'm going to be planning some things if anybody wants to come help. And I was like, don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> Don't do it! Don't be that weirdo. And shows up is like I'm here, Heather. I, I got you everybody. back.
2: <laughs> I to have you back.
3: This is so random. This is the stuff when you follow people that it embeds itself in your soul in the best way. I remember you were on your way from a speaking event to one of your daughter's school performances. You were running late. You weren't going to make it. You were like. Insta-storing it all, like pray for me. And I'll never forget you like showed a text from Heather that said, stop talking about how you're not going to make there and start prophesying that you will make it. And I was like, Heather? Yes. Every time I'm late, I feel Heather in my soul. Say like, stop talking about how you're going to be late. The spirit
2: of Heather. That is that is good, and I will. I am fine being your lead magnet to attract my wife to your podcast. I'm okay with that. Okay,
3: <laughs> yeah. But I just say all that to say I see the life and I see the freedom, yeah. and it's good and it's whole and it's very magnifying of God. Mm. Yeah, but one thousand percent. I would um, yes agree with all of that. I
1: wanted to step back a little bit to part of your life story and all the transitions that have come your way and just talk about that in relation to change. And I watch you. I watch these stories, your stories, which are so fun to watch, honestly. So thank you for all the dynamic (laughs) layers that that you give us every day. But one aspect, obviously, that is so profound to me is this conversation that we've been having on race and race within the church. And Jess and I just released an episode today where we talked about justice versus injustice and all those things. But change, you host a lot of conversations. And I would imagine that your DMs are full of people who are either all in or those also who are all out. I would like to believe that there's probably more who are all in than those who are all out.
2: Yeah, well, there's, there's more that are all in, but the ones who send me DMs are definitely not more that are <laughs> all in, because so, they have time, right? They've got time.
1: Yeah. Well, I just think, obviously, you're so in your wheelhouse. You're so on mission. It's so apparent, and you are obviously changing so many other people's lives. I am so interested in hearing how not only have you changed other people's lives, but how are you being changed in that process?
2: I've been really changed, to be honest with you, in the process of of this last year of of seeking and speaking into culture in general as Christians. Sometimes we get, and I know I did. I I got in my head what evangelism looked like. Like I got in my head that it's supposed to look like A plus B equals C, like like what's supposed to look like. And I now, I mean, I I literally feel like an evangelist. Like that's what I'm doing, and I feel like one, but I don't. I rarely now, in this, at least in this last season, I rarely put scripture up on my Instagram. I rarely do Bible studies. I rarely do all of the things that I did before. And how it's changed me is I realized that, you know, those are great methods and tools for certain people and for certain seasons. But in this season, I think my greatest tool is Holy Spirit in me. That I don't have to even explain it, right? I don't even have to explain. I was just on a on a on one hundred and one the beat here in Nashville, which is like Nashville's hip hop station an R and B station, and they're sprinkling my conversation throughout this entire week. So the week that we're recording this, every single day, this conversation. DeWalt is the is the DJ's name. He's an agnostic. He's like sometimes I'm an atheist. So he's uh, but I think I'm more agnostic than anything. He goes, but man, I can't get enough of you. Like I can't get enough of following you. And so. What he doesn't know is it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit, right? And so what I've realized is like I don't have to preach, I don't have to do all the things that I thought I had to do in order to have people attracted not to me but to Holy Spirit. So that's kind of how it's changed me. But I definitely have seen it change even other people that that were very uncomfortable with the direction that I've gone in. You know, like Carlos, why aren't you talking more about? you know scripture why aren't you you know mm. you've taken your eyes off of Jesus you're not doing biblical justice now they they all send me vodybach messages to you know, try to fix me or whatever and so like i i've seen those those conversations slowly but surely and this is how i explain it all the time i'm like listen i'm not trying to change somebody 45 degrees like in a in a conversation that's not the goal my goal is is half a degree that's it half a degree and if i can get somebody to think half a degree differently well guess what it's not going to be in a week, but I promise you in four years, that half a degree is going to have them on a completely different hemisphere than they were. So I'm always, you know, that that's how I kind of approach it on a daily basis as I'm having these difficult conversations. This is, no, just half a degree, just half a degree. And that half a degree is going to do a lot more, I believe, in the long run. So
1: thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great perspective. And you saying that you've made this transition from, hey, I used to post post scriptures every day and, you know, shout scriptures and word at people. You've transitioned from that to literally becoming, you know, a living epistle. Like you are, we are living epistles. We are the body. Christ who lives in us, the Holy Spirit is in us. We don't have to, we don't have to shout at people. Our lives will testify to that. So that's really great.
0: Hey friends, it's Brenna here. I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a favor. Would you head to your podcast app and leave us a review? This helps other gals find the show and it also helps us to know exactly what you'd like to hear. Plus, if you leave a review between now and the end of June, you'll have a chance to win some brand new Breaking Free from Body Shame merch to help you keep running on mission. Check out the show notes for all the details. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's get back to this conversation.
3: I also just feel like, number one, I think that the 1% change, the half a degree change, I completely agree. I think it's going to change the world. I think it's going to change their world. I think it's going to change their life. Right. I'm with you. Like, I'm always trying not to be the angsty church girl, the angsty, like, let's burn it down. I I never (laughs) want to be her, (laughs) except for the stuff (laughs) that we should burn down in Jesus' name, except for the stuff that should burn off and wither up and die in the name of Jesus when the Spirit of God hits it. But that being said, uh, Nick and I were talking about something today. We're trying to make a decision about our church. And Nick said, I don't want to make a decision about this. He said, I'm not ready to make a call about this. And he said, whatever we do is going to be in the flesh. Like anything we left or right, whatever we do, is going to be in the flesh. I want to see what God can do. That used to just annoy the heck out of me. But sometimes like all the like chord changes and like the best colors and like the flashy new graphics, like— it's not only that there's like a lot of flesh in it. It's also, and I don't mean just in church. I mean like everywhere. I mean like everywhere in Christendom, like all of it, but it's also like, was that supernatural?
1: Mm. Was (laughs) that,
3: did we encounter God or were we manipulated by some cool colors?
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) On trend colors. Like, so that's where I look at a ministry like yours that I would, Absolutely call a ministry, which I know you would too. That's what you're saying. And I'm like, this is God. This is God. This is the spirit of God saying, as these people are on the way to salvation, that they would catch a whiff of God and say, I want more. I want more of that. Let it be. That's it. Yes,
2: that's it. That's what I'm trying to do. No, it's it's it is, man. You know, and I I am (laughs) people laugh all the time. Like, you know, there's nothing slick about you know any of the I it's everything's just my phone, right? Like I don't have a video team. I don't have a media team. I don't have a graphic designer. I do everything in word swag on my phone. Like it's just janky, you know, but pe- people just know that it's, you know, it is what it is and it's, it's authentic. And I think people are desperate for that. You know, they can smell it. They can smell it a mile away. So, you know, I love what you said, Jess, because so many churches are spending so much of their budget um on trying to trying to look slick and trying to be the, you know, you know, and then you show up and you're like, oh, well, that was great, but where's where's the presence of Holy Spirit? Where is that? Because that's what people are desperate for.
1: I, I love what you said about the both you and Jess, just that it makes me think about, you know, just the smoke and mirrors, like when we even think about that in relation to mission and single mission, you know, not having a large ministry. I think that can be encouraging to women out there even who think that they have to have it all together. They think they have to have a massive team. They think that, you know, they have to have all of these things in place in order to follow the mission or follow the purpose or follow the calling of God in their lives. Like, no, you don't need all of that. Like of day, all you need is a voice of God and a heart for obedience.
2: A heart for obedience, a heart for service and, and a little bit of grit, you know, just a little bit of like, yeah. sleeves and grit. I mean, I, I edit my own podcast. Like it's it, I was up until 1 30 in the morning last night in GarageBand EQing the thing. I guess what, I could probably hire somebody to do that for me. Let's guess
1: Carlos his anagram number.
2: So 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 I could probably hire somebody to do that, but at the end of the day, I mean there's a couple of reasons, but also like, you know, This isn't a big thing, like a big shop here. It's just me. And, and, and look, look at the impact that God is, is being able to have through a one man, really my my wife and and me show. Like it is, it is just a, so don't feel like you've got to get all these things put together before you can make an impact. Absolutely not. Right. Like
3: when God's on it. And you're actually more impactful. Like the impact for any woman listening, like the impact that you have, Christ in you, Holy Spirit in you, the power of God in you, whether you're posting Bible verses or not, whether you're using them when you talk to your neighbor or not, the impact that you have with the people you have is just so much more influential than the power we have over them. And then any influencer than any person they follow, because they might be inspired by them and they might be encouraged by them. I'm massively encouraged by Carlos and Heather, a lot. I want her to basically be my pastor, but in general, <laughs> we're
1: gonna keep talking about Heather. Okay.
2: Let's go. Let's go. Sorry, this, is, this is my normal life, so don't don't you don't have a me
3: <laughs> But in general, right? Like my life changes. Let me get real, real. My life changes when Brenna or Kanisha show up on my Facetime and say, like, I got to talk to you. Hey, I got some words for you. You know, don't stop. Keep going. I love you. How are you? What's up? What do you need? How can I pray for you? And so we got to break this misunderstanding that, you know, there needs to be
2: more. Absolutely. Okay.
3: I have a question. Not a left turn, really. More of a soft right turn into the oh, way we're already okay. going. Your new podcast, Human Hope. Number one, I'd love to just hear about it. What's exciting you about it? What's the fruit you're seeing from it? But I'd also love to hear what's making you feel hope right now.
2: Well, you know, Human Hope. When I agreed to do a podcast on a network, I mean, Jess, you followed me long enough now. I've had like four podcasts that I've started, and then I do like five episodes, and I'm like, "That was fun."
3: Squirrel, (laughs) what's next? You know, I've listened to all of them. Yeah, I've uh, been uh, in.
2: Yeah, no, that's it. You've been in, so I appreciate you. But you know, this one, I like signed a deal, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna produce fifty episodes in a year. Little did I know that that would that would become as you probably know like my full-time freaking job. I'm like yes. how did producing like a 1-hour podcast a week become take over my entire life? So that here I sit, you know, where I I sit a lot now in my in my little podcast studio downstairs and I absolutely love it because the podcast it's in I decided to launch it in the society and culture section of of Spotify and Apple and all the places. And you know, while we were sitting in meetings with Annie at that sounds fun and her team, everybody wanted me to be in faith and religion. Cause we knew like, like Mm -hmm. I I knew the numbers I could do. And I knew that I could, I could, I could hit top 10 every week. I could do, I could do that. And that was, that felt safe. But then something in Annie was like, no, like your conversations that you're hosting every day on Instagram have a, a lot wider net than just religion and spirituality. Yes. We're gonna. We. We. I feel like we need to put it in society and culture. So everybody kind of fought it, and the, and even me. Like I was like, uh ah, you know, I just want to make a bigger splash. But we decided to do it. I did. We launched it. It's been super successful over in society and culture. And I feel like I am now getting so many eyeballs of people that are not Christians, and it's the same thing that I'm trying to do on my Instagram. They're not Christians. They're not believers. But they're attracted to the essence of Holy Spirit in inside of everything that's happening. So that just is what's given me hope. What's given me hope is like gosh, like how come I I didn't realize how much more space I could step into and take over for the kingdom because I was so just focused on no it's got to be it's got to be in the in the small little, you know, evangelical bubble. No, actually like I would not even hesitate to say that there's a lot of people that are listening to your podcast, a lot of women that are listening to your podcast right now that have made the safe choice. The safe choice is to, you know what? I know how to run a Sunday school. I know how to lead a women's Bible study. I know how to do these things. When, to be honest with you, God has called you to get out of the church. God has called you to get out into, into entertainment, into Hollywood, into all these places that actually need you a lot more than the church does. So get out, go. That's where I'm at now. I'm like, This is where I need to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm making a bigger impact out here than I ever was in the walls of the church.
1: That is a whole sermon. That's a whole other podcast episode, actually. That little piece right there. Yeah,
3: I would say so much so that those of us who know that we're supposed to be in the church and that know that we're supposed to be talking to Christian women, I want you to know, I want you to hear me something real quick. Yeah, I genuinely fight jealousy for those of you who get to have impact and wisdom in other areas. Like genuinely, Carlos, one day in your life, you need to get in a space that Kenesha Bikes has decorated. Because I'm telling you, I'm like, this is the spirit of God working through your fingers. And you get to do that. You get to do that. You get to speak into that. And God gets to be mighty. I'm like, I would like to talk about Romans today, which is so great. I love Romans. But sometimes... I get it. It's good. It's so good. Get out. Get out and do your thing and like, use those gifts in Jesus' name. Mm. In Jesus' name. Love it. One very short question. Yeah. And I can
1: expound on it if you need, but who is called to this? Who is called to this life?
2: Mm. Okay. Tell me what this is.
1: This being this conversation of mission, this conversation of reconciliation, this conversation of there is more, who is called to this? Because I think that if I look at your life, I could very easily, almost kind of in line with what Jess is saying, like I can kind of get jealous at like this, this opportunity that someone else has or this calling that someone else has and compare it to my own and say, well, I wish I was this. So I guess kind of generalizing that, like who is called? What does
2: that look like? Well, first of all, I do believe that everybody is called to, everybody It's called to show people that there's more. And the reason why a lot of people don't step into that is because it takes risk every single day, every single day. Like if people knew, I mean, obviously everybody gets it, right? Like my Instagram is just what I decided to show you every day. You know, like I, I ain't showing you like all the no's that I get, all the rejections that I get, all the big, like I auditioned. Okay. Th- I mean, this is great example. I found out that there was an audition for a host for a country music television show here in Nashville. And I was like, you know what? Man, I can do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. I Insta-storied the whole thing, right? I captured it all. I didn't insta story I captured it all on my phone. Through the phone calls, everything, I got to the second audition, everything, and then, bam, flat on my face. Nothing. I, I got rejected. Like, I got completely rejected. Now- Sometimes, you know, there's some things that I put on my Instagram that, that show the, the reality of my, of my days. That one affected me in a different way though, that I was like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not just going to let everybody see this. This, this is, this feels like, you know, emotional porn for people, like just kind of seeing me like in my sorrow. But like, I, I'm doing that so often, like I'm swinging for the freaking fences, and I'm missing, but guess what? Because I'm swinging so hard, I'm hitting a lot more than most people would ever do. Because most people look at somebody that's that's living a life like me, and maybe getting things, see me accomplishing things, or yeah, we make a lot of
1: assumptions about
2: yeah, and and they're not they're just watching me, and I'm like, quit watching me and and start swinging big time, start you know, mm-hmm. taking these big risks, and and the big risks are, and not everybody is called to live a a public large life, right? That I, I need people to hear that too. Not everybody is called for that, but yeah. I'm saying like, even in your, say you're called to a small life, say you're called to something simpler. You still need to be risking in that. You still need to be, I, I believe that you're still called to be a reconciler. I'm still, I believe that you're still yeah. called to have the same conversations that I'm having. Don't get confused or a misguided view of what. Uh, again, yeah, we, this is a conversation we all get, but of, of what you're seeing from me, yeah, I, I'm I'm succeeding in a lot of things in this season because guess what? Like I am actually actively chasing a lot of these things yeah. and I'm and I'm failing on a lot of them. But since I'm chasing so many, there's a bunch that are hidden.
3: I have a good example. And, and I'm pointing at Kanisha because she's watching. I, like, she's, I can tell your brain is like, Going. Well, because you've been watching me live it out, and we've been talking about it. But my example, which helps, because it is like small. I'm I'm using it, quotation marks. It's small in that it's a lot smaller than like the other things I've done. That was for me during 2020, becoming a bar instructor.
2: Yep,
3: in that, yep. like, we're talking about eight people versus eight thousand. You know, we're talking about thirty dollars an hour versus like you know what you paid to get teacher write books. And so there were a lot of people in my life who were like, what's happening? Why what are you doing that? Like what? Number one, you don't have time. Number one, you already have like three jobs. Like, what's your deal? And for me it was the the big motivation was first of all, I need to be around people who do not know Jesus all the time, who don't who don't profess to follow Jesus because I want to know them. It wasn't only like purely evangelistic in the one plus two equals three. Like I want them to know God, but I was like, I want to know them. I want to know yeah. what life yeah. is like in my city for people who don't go to church every Sunday. I want to meet more people. I want everything I do is like overtly Christian. I want to meet people in my city. And so it felt like a really good experience for that. It felt like a really good thing personally to swing for the fences. It was so yes. out of my realm of possibility. I'm 36. I've had four kids. I'm auditioning to be an exercise instructor alongside like 21 year old women who, (laughs) you know, like, we can't, it's not yeah. whatever. And it was sweaty and scary and exhausting. And also my favorite thing is that people would always say like, I bet you're so good at it. And I'd be like, I'm not because you're not good at things that <laughs> you just start. You're horrible. That's not true though. I saw her. She's actually really good
1: at it. <laughs> okay. But me. you
3: saw me like 10 months after I started, I'm, sorry, I'm talking about when I started, I'd be like, I said, where are we going? Um, lift. Like, I didn't know.
1: I didn't know it
3: was messy. I was just trying. I was just out there. And so in all of those things, it was like, I'm out there. And I felt so exposed. And that wasn't for everybody to see. It wasn't for Instagram stories for me to go on before class to be like, I'm so nervous. Everybody pray for me. That was about like me and God saying like, all right, you asked me to be here. Yep. What are you going to do? I'm going to watch the fruit. And I think that's what you're right. It's not about like small or big. It's not about private versus public, but it is like, are you in, are you in the arena? Are you, are you going for it? Are you using what you've got for the good of others and the glory of God? Are you trying? Right. Cause we need you.
2: Yes. Yes. I mean, that is the perfect example, you know, I mean, a bar studio like that, (laughs) that, what that was your, that is your space. You know, you went and you claimed it for the kingdom. You took it, you know, so Mm,
3: I love it. It was sweaty, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Listen, Kanisha, do you have any other burning questions for Carlos besides when does Heather come back on?
1: That would honestly the most like pressing question is: Can we please come back? And can you please come back? And can we please? Heather, you don't.
2: Time. You don't. You don't have to like make me feel good by asking me to come back. I, trust me. <laughs> I will. I will. I will get my me, wife I will do everything I can to get that. my. wife we,
3: can, can. you please make sure that we get Heather? Yes. Here? There
2: we go. There we go. There we go. I got you. It's funny
3: you mentioned Nick. I feel like this way about Larry too. I feel like there's something about spouses of yeah, oh people yeah. who are online that when yeah. they're not online, when they're like, I don't care, and no, you can't follow me, and yeah, nah, you're like, oh, you're so much better than us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Heather literally could care less about anything I care about. (laughs) I'm sure.
3: Same. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have her back on. We're super grateful for you. Oh, last thing we have to ask you. How can our gals be praying for you?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I am. Actually, I don't know when this is going to come out, but I'm starting my next book. That's a big one. So, And again, the, the same risk in the same direction that I've taken in everything else the last year and a half. Is the same risk and direction I'm taking with my next book. So, so yeah, just be, just be praying that again. I, I'm sneaky gospel assassin in the secular yeah. space. I'm pretty yeah, excited about right. it. The
1: name of your, is that the name of your next book? The
2: sneaky yes, gospel. the sneaky gospel assassin. <laughs> so it's going to be number one on all the business, you know, leadership, you know, lists.
3: <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you for being so generous Absolutely. with your time.
2: Thanks for letting me eat a Rolo on your um, podcast.
3: It's great. And now for ASMR.
2: Thank you for coming. Uh, You guys are the best.
0: Thanks for popping into the podcast today, friends. We're grateful to share this space with you. God is mighty in you, and He's using you to change the world. See you next week.